1: IB Nation. Welcome to the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. We are joined here on a Monday. Apologize for being a couple minutes late. If you couldn't tell, we had to make sure that we were uh, looking good for the show, you know. We got to make sure that we got our blue our beauty rest, but we are here on the Irish Breakdown podcast to bring you some insight into the Notre Dame recruiting landscape. Sean, so this is going to be a incredible show. I am Ryan Roberts, director of recruiting here at IrishBreakdown.com. Join with me is Sean Davis course recruiting analyst here at the site as well and we're sean it's gonna be a hectic show man i mean first, yes, and,
2: foremost, yes, first and
1: foremost and i know people are talking about it in the chat already look well th- th- for first let, let's let's backtrack hit that like button subscribe notification bell All that good stuff, right? Subscribe to the message board, boards at irishbreakdown.com. We're going to be talking a lot about the recruits that had big matchups this past weekend in high school football. That's one thing we're going to talk about. Sean, we're also going to talk about the college football landscape and some of the great games we got this past weekend. But, of course, want to kick things off here. There's a little bit of news that is circulating in the Twitterverse, on all the message boards about Notre Dame and quarterback recruiting and all this type of stuff, right? So this is what's going to happen here, folks. Appreciate you all for tuning in, by the way. We are expecting there to be some breaking news at some point during this this podcast, okay? We are live here. When it happens, and if it happens, we expect it to happen, but when it happens, we may be having a special guest later in the show to kind of talk about it, decipher it, And we'll give our takes on it, and yeah. So there is probably some breaking news that will happen during the show. You have to be patient, okay? Patience is a virtue, as my father once said. My father didn't actually say that, but I wanted to say something cool, all right? So there will be some news dropping, Sean. There will be some news dropping. But, man, I got to start by asking you how you are. This is a – I mean, Sean, I'll tell you, man. I've been like – this has been a wild Mm. couple of days, a wild morning – I'm still absorbing everything. Everything's getting straight. I mean, we got some news yesterday about things happening. But I will say this, is at this moment in the chat, listen to me, folks. We are not predicting things. We're not throwing names out there. We're not. Because the one thing that we will tell you here is if you were on boards at breakdown.com, you would have known yesterday, Mm -hmm. about midday, that something was coming, right? Something's coming. But we run with ethics on this site. So we're never going to put a player's name out in the universe. I'm never going to take anybody's moment. I was just talking, Sean, to Brian about this, right? I'm a big believer. One thing I deeply believe in is that what we, ha- what we create moments in life that are the memories, right? And those big moments we remember forever, right? And I am not going to take a young man's moments, right? Never. Good or bad. That's their moment to have. I'm not taking that. That would be disrespectful, and I am not doing that, all right? But when the news does drop, we will talk about it. But also, you would have known yesterday, and you would have known a few days ago, that something was coming, right? So it's coming. Trust me. And stick with us during the show, because we will talk about it at that point. But Sean – Crazy 24 hours, man. Crazy morning. I guess, how are you is a good way to start this podcast, man. I know you were just on Lucky Lefty, too, right? So you have been double duty today, my friends.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: Yeah, we felt like we had to put out some fires today, you know, because I think we put out our own fires internally coming off of that performance in the second half, and I think we got back to even kill, and I think we delivered a message today to be even kill, And I think on two fronts, like there is a piece that I think we should have about this team right now heading into week 12. And from a recruiting standpoint, I think all of us at Iris Breakdown have had tremendous peace about the success of this class since probably October. And that was solidified on November the 5th because that was pretty much the cherry on top of everything. Like, this is it. If you need something to finalize everything, this is it. And even with that, there's a chance things might get get even better, right? So I think last week we said maybe 27, 28 in the class. Yep. It's looking likely. Yes, yes, it is.
1: Sean, I mean, we've talked about it a ton, right? 23 players in the class. There's only a few spots left. It's gonna end very soon. I mean, I was just talking to Brian. I might be going away this weekend with my wife and and some friends to Hershey for you know to nice. go to Hershey Park with all the kids and stuff. Yeah. And Brian's like, "You go, you enjoy," because December is gonna be a grind. And I'm oh. like, "Feel that, brother. Feel that." I mean, we got we got the National Signing Day, of course, on the 21st, and then we're going right into the All Star Games, and then the oh. other Signing Day on the other side of the New Year is gonna be a wild couple of months here on the uh, on the side of the recruiting recruiting world. So we're going to get into it folks though. All right, trust me. Just stick around with this show. If you're listening right now, we will cover this news whenever it breaks. We'll tell you how we got to this point, where it's coming from here. It's probably not going to be a full scope news that you're going to like be like yes, that what's that mean, right? It but there's going to be a part that needs to happen to get to where we're going, right? And that's kind of what we're waiting on today. Oh, Lucas, I can hide my excitement. I hate life, man. I hate life. I can hold my excitement all I want. I'm being supremely, um, I'm being supre- supremely sarcastic, by the way. You don't Supreme. want to play us in poker. You don't want <laughs> no. poker faces. I have a really good sarc. So, Sean, you know what's bad is that I am really sarcastic. But mm-hmm. I also have a sarcastic tone all the time. And my wife's yeah. always like, I don't know if you're being serious or if you're joking or yeah. I, I, I'm just like I just my it's my humor, I guess. You know, I have like yeah. sarcastic humor. So whatever, man. What the, Lucas. All right, man, I'll give it to you. I, I'm a little excited. All right. This is the one thing about this, folks. I love covering recruiting. I love covering the game of football. It's all great stuff. But you have to remember at the core, I'm a fan right? I'm a fan at the core of everything that is with me. I've loved Notre Dame since I was a little kid. So that's it, man. That's it. So we're going to be, we're going to be juiced up when news breaks. We're going to be juiced up about the future of Notre Dame football. That's what we're going to do on this show, right? We're going to come from a very non-biased opinion, right? Like I'm going to give you guys my total. And I think if you've listened to all of our shows this year, you know that when something's bad I will straight-up tell you it's bad, right? I'll tell you when something's really good. I'll do all those types of things, right? But for me, when something good does happen, I'm going to enjoy it. I am because I love this team, right? I love this game. I love Notre Dame football. Love it to my core. So we're always going to talk about that. But, Sean, let's get on to some recruits that are currently in the class. So on IrishBreakdown.com, I just put it on Twitter. It was live a couple hours ago. But I – I made my weekly weekly piece where I talk about some of the biggest recruiting um, performances of the week from a commit in the Notre Dame class. So I want to drop this in the chat real quick because I want to talk about some of these performances. And, Sean, we're going to take it a step further today because mm-hmm. not only are we going to talk about the numbers they put up and the victories they had and all that type of stuff, I want to also talk because if you're on boards at IrishBreakdown.com, Brian started this thread this morning where he started popping in junior film, started popping in senior film of players that are committed to Notre Dame and just kind of the, the final product that's been on the f- field. So I want to talk not only about the performances from this week, but also so, as some of this film's coming out, man. We got to look back and be like, wow, how would some of these guys have improved? Maybe improvement didn't happen quite as much as, as we wanted from some others. But I just want to kind of talk about senior and junior film a little bit too, because I know that that's what people – want to talk about a ton. Obviously, guys like C.J. Carr are no longer in the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, Charles Jagasaw, who had a great senior year, did not make the playoffs with his Allman team. But we can discuss some of those as well, yeah. right? But it'll be fun to uh, to kind of talk about some of the senior and junior films. I just put it in the chat for people that kind of wanted to take a look at that. If you would like, you don't have to. I just know some people like to see things, right? So, Sean, first player I want to talk about. Christian Brothers out of Ooh. the state of Missouri they they I must said destroyed but I should have said destroyed they destroyed Marquette 42 wow. to 7 this past weekend Sean so of course Christian Brothers who goes to Christian Brothers oh Jeremiah Love running back 2023 commit it's in the Notre Dame class and uh Sean he is He's a dynamic weapon, obviously, and I want to definitely want to get into some of his highlights, and if you go on this piece, I actually popped in, He, Jeremiah popped in a tweet this morning of his highlights against Marquette. So he ran for 139 yards and three tutties, did that on only 11 carries during the game, Sean, 12.6 yards per carry. Now, I just want to open the floor to this one, man, because we know Jeremiah Love was a big commitment. We know that it was a great get for Notre Dame football. But I'll say this, a couple of key takeaways I got from him looking at some of his past games, some of the film, is that he's gotten bigger substantially. He's really filling out. He looks explosive. And brother, his jump cut for a kid his size, he makes dudes look stupid in the open field, man. What a get Jeremiah Love is for Notre Dame.
2: Look, I sit back and I say to myself, do we out-punt ourselves? Do we, we we out-punt the coverage? Like a lot of people say that when they see my wife, right? Like, boy, you know you out your coverage. I'm like, hey, they say, the, they, they say the same thing to me, hey, man. I'm like, that's well, a compliment. Thank you. That, that's what happens when you dive in young. You catch them young, you don't have to worry about it. And I get that feeling about, a talent like him and the other talents at the skill positions. It's like, I look at this class and I say, did we really just amass all of this talent in one class? Because it is really that good. Like we're not overselling. We're not, no, we're not pulling the chain. Ryan's not being sarcastic and the stars with Jeremiah Love. And I think we were talking to Brian. Brian was talking about just watching his junior film and his senior film and how much better he's gotten. And just how confident he's playing. Look, the backfield is already pretty good. But the backfield, let's be honest, one missing piece it probably has is explosiveness. And that's what's being added. I think coach I think Coach D definitely was like, you know what? I'm going to get some explosive players for the backfield. Yep. And starting with Jeremiah Love. You wrote a great article about, what, two months ago when you talked about how important he was to the class because of that ability, because he's a big-time playmaker. Mm -hmm. And, yo, you were spot on with the article, and he was well worth the wait.
1: Yes. Whatever
2: process he had to go through with him, his family, he was well worth the wait for this 23 class and for Notre Dame.
1: Oh, well worth it. I mean, Sean, like you said, right, like obviously Notre Dame's getting more entrenched in the St. Louis area, right, getting the the talent out of there. We've talked about that a ton, but I mean, someone in the chat just compared him. I'm trying to find it real quick. Berkshire Yank, Sean, what a comp here. He says, love reminds me of Eric Dickerson. Berkshire, not going to quite go there, man, because uh, I mean that's comparing a seventeen-year-old uh, kid to a Hall of Fame running back. So like, yeah. but, I, but I like the style comparison, right? My original yeah. one, Sean, and I'll be completely honest about this, right? I said that he reminded me of Josh Adams because I saw the high stepping and the long speed, and I'm like, cool. One, I what I did not predict though, and one thing that Josh Adams lacked was Josh Adams was not a super kit, a quick kid, right? Yeah. Couldn't change direction really well because he was leggy. Like he was a one cut and go type of runner. This kid, it pops in and out of his jump cuts, able to change direction really well. This is a much different type of athlete comparative to a Josh Adams who was just a one cut downhill and run to daylight type of kid. Jeremiah Mm -hmm. could do that, but he also, the best part of his game is that six foot, 200 pounds or whatever he is, six foot and a half, 200 pounds. He makes guys look stupid in the open field, man. Like, he makes guys gripping for air. I mean, the one jump cut he had, Sean, he took it, I think it was zone right, and then he cut left because, you know, for the people out there that, you know, so most of the time zones are meant to hit backside A to B gap. Like, that's where they're meant to hit. So he hit it that way, but then he stuck his foot in the ground and went the opposite direction, Sean. And for people that saw that, I'm just like, that is – that's different, man. Like, that's not ordinary. And so he's got rare ability. 99 problems, but BK1 just put a cool comp in here. He said Darren McFadden is an interesting comp. That is really interesting, 99 problems. I'll be honest, man. For people that don't remember Darren McFadden at Arkansas, my guy was unreal. And he kind of had the same stuff, though, Sean. Like, he was kind of a little bit of a high-cut kid, Longer yeah. legs. Longer legs but he was a lot more quick than Adams was, right? Like he could cut, he could jump cut. He could do all that type of stuff. So that's a that's a really good one. I like that one a lot. So now we got <laughs> Tony Dorsett. Oh, sorry, Tony Pollard, someone put in here, Josh Jacobs. There's man, There's a lot of cool comps in here. But we talked about the reasoning for why it's so important, Sean. St. Yeah. Louis, dynamic player. And, I mean, you talked about it, right? That running
2: back room next season, man. Yo, Jabron Payne got his action on special teams. He, yep. you know, he broke through. And anytime you start seeing special teams reps, it usually leads to other reps for young players. It's good to see that. You have him in the wings. You have Jadarian Price. You got Jeremiah Love. You got Jay Lamar. Yeah. Look, we don't want to say we told you, but we told you. That this class was going to erase the speed narrative, mm-hmm. the explosive, <laughs> the explosive narrative, and any other narrative that was put out there that said Notre Dame doesn't have players. Yeah, that excuses that excuse is over. It's dead, man. It's you can't dead. use that anymore. You can't use that now. The spotlight goes to the coaches. Once these players get on campus, spotlight is on the coaches because the forty time. You know, we won't have too many more pro days, Ryan. Where we're looking at forty times and saying, "Oh, uh, <laughs> next couple of years, our, our face is going to be more like, oh." Well, I,
1: and I want to give some. I want to give some credit to Jay Henry, who apparently was the one that actually gave the Darren McFadden comp. So, shout out to you, Jay. Sean, let's put it this way, right? And let's work through this together. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah Love is a blur. That kid may legitimately be a high four seven, four four type of athlete. I'm gonna say four seven. No, he's like a four four seven type of athlete in this class. What number would he rank as far as straight line speed? So, like, all right, let's start naming guys, right? And you start naming them too, Micah Bell, right? Fourth. You think four? I don't even know if he's fourth. Because, so, like, let's think I would, about. I'm
2: think go, go through the list because I was gonna say four or five. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: So Micah Bell is yes. the fastest player in this class. Like, there's yes. no doubt. Dylan Edwards. Yes. Talked about him. He's a 4-3 type of dude. Peyton Bowen is a 4-3-9-ish yes. type of dude who right. can run. Christian Gray ran a verified 4-4-1 at the Ohio, Ohio State,
2: State, Ohio yes.
1: State camp. That's number four right there. Yeah. And then I think the next conversation at number five comes to Jaden Lamar, Braylon James, Jeremiah Love. Who's the fastest of those three? That's where it comes down to, right? Mm, Yeah, yeah. And I forgot, Sean, you know who's had a great senior year and might be in that conversation too is Ben Minich. Ben Minich might be close to that, man. He
2: might. You're right.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, literally, like maybe he's fifth, but he also might be eighth.
2: (laughs) That's That's saying something. That is wild. And we we haven't even tapped into his ability as a pass catcher. No. This is just strictly running the ball. As a pass catcher, he's an absolute weapon. Absolute weapon. Whether you line him up out wide, swing him out of the backfield, swing pass, wheel route, arrow route, whatever, he's a problem. Mm-hmm. He's a problem. He. I don't know if Notre Dame – in the last two years, has had a player that has to be identified pre-snap. Yeah, that everybody's like, that's that's him. He, Don't, he's, he's there, there. <laughs> right? Right like, there, he is right there. This class does that for Notre Dame.
1: Defensive
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. will have to identify where Jeremiah Love is right they're gonna have to identify where Jaden greathouse is lining up like oh he's in a slot this time Mm -hmm. he's in a slot like the difference makers are there so the fact that you just started out with him he runs with like a lean like everybody else he's on a tilted field and everybody else is running in the opposite direction and he's just slowly moving back and then when he gets ready to like bring it back and just take off it's Just yeah. easy. Oh, you know, sure. he's amazing to watch. That's why that one touchdown, I talked to Christian Gray about it. Like he was literally laughing at Christian Gray. He was <laughs> laughing Christian's, at him. And Christian's fast, man. He's and fast. fast. <laughs> he's laughing at Christian. Christian was laughing too. He was like, Yeah, I had to laugh, man. He was like, We were literally talking to each other as we were running. Oh, that's funny. look, that's the type of talent. And this is why. As you were driving home Saturday, this is why, even though things felt a certain way, even though Notre Dame got a win, Mm -hmm. you see a sneeze. And then I hear from Brian what you have to say about Josh Burnham and and warm-ups. And you start to hear all of these things from practice about the future and the freshmen. And you know about the class that's coming in. And it's easy to. It's easy to get over a game like Saturday. It's like, okay, don't worry. The, the future's coming. Yep.
1: Just Amen. be patient. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. John, here,
1: here's, here's a great conversation, Ready? And I know we're spending a lot of time with Jeremiah. It's fine, though. I mean, he's an exciting player, right? That's a good place to start. Yeah. So, last game, right? Notre Dame wins 35-32 over Navy. It's an ugly second half, all that good stuff. Right. Brandon Joseph didn't play in that football game. Right. So who's return? Who's returning punts during that game, Sean? Matt Salerno. Matt Salerno's playing returning punts in that game. Next year,
0: <laughs> we
1: are we're talking about a legit conversation where Peyton Bowen can return punts. Mm-hmm. Micah Bell can return punts. Christian yep. Gray could return punts if he yep. felt like it. Dylan Edwards could return punts. Jaden Greathouse can return punts. He's got four punt returns for touchdowns this year, man, at the yep. highest level. We're not. I mean, and this is all due respect. And I'm not. I'm not throwing shade at Matt Salerno. I promise, I'm not. But your good, your good punt returner goes down, and we have to throw Matt Salerno back there next year. Next year, man. Like one guy goes down, you're like, all right, put the put the next dynamic athlete back there. You know, like it's wild to think about that type of stuff, man. Just the amount of talent. That Notre Dame has from a speed perspective, because that's because hey, we're talking about skill position right now, right? But mm-hmm. we also know Charles Jagasaw is a great athlete for an offensive tackle, great athlete. Yeah. Jaden Osberry, really good athlete for a linebacker. Drake Bowen, really good linebacker athlete, right? We didn't even talk about a Don Schuler, who comparative to a Peyton Bowen isn't a, a elite athlete, but pretty dang good athlete. Otherwise, yeah. right? Like for his yeah. for what he is, like man, it's gonna be wild next year. The punt return game, the kick return game, is gonna be different next year, man. It's gonna be different, which is gonna give guys a lot of a lot of opportunity
2: to play. I think early, like can't you know, wait a minute. So just imagine, yes, just one thing, just imagine what Brian Mason is doing with what he has now, mm-hmm. and give him the players you just mentioned. Next year, mm-hmm. what do you think he can cook up in that special teams room? Yep, it's going to be special. Look, I already predicted it. I said they're returning at least four or five kicks next year. Think so? Wow, <laughs> Once the kickoffs. Yeah, yeah. I'll step out on that limb. Wow, I'll step That'd out be- on that limb. Four, minimum.
1: And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to put it. I'm not going to come back at that at all, Sean. Because, because I mean, hey, if you told me for the season that Notre Dame was going to block seven punts, I'd be like, nah. Like, Brian Mason's a really good coach, but like, relax a little bit, right? Like, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you might be very well right, man. That's, man. I, because not Sean, now I'm thinking about this, right? Because we're not going to throw Peyton Bowen and Minich into this conversation, right? Because they're defensive yeah. backs. But could you imagine someday, You might have an offense that has a two-back personnel or you have Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love or Jadarian Price and Jane Lamar. I'm talking about the speed backs, right, that you have on your roster. You have those two. Yeah. And then you have Jaden Greathouse out wide, who's the slow guy. You have Graylin James out wide opposite of – and then you have Dylan Edwards in the slot, man. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. So – yeah, I uh, I'm just like fangirling over here thinking about it, man. I'm like, can you imagine all that talent on one team? Like, can you imagine all that speed? Yeah. Another thing, Sean, because we're talking about the kick return and punt return game. You know what else it also does is that next year for the kickoff coverage unit, the punt coverage unit, you know you're going to be seeing Drake Bowen and Jaden Osborne running down some on some kicks. You know Peyton Bowen's going to be out there. You know what Don is going to be back there. Like, good luck to your punt or kick returner out
2: there on the opposing teams. Like, good luck, man. Good Isn't luck. Like, the culture they're coming into, and Marcus Freeman talked about it today, that there are players on the roster clamoring to be a part of the Pete, the special teams unit, and the punt block unit. Like, starters are begging for reps. Like, they want to be a part of it. So now you expect the freshmen to come in from what they're watching, like, okay, yeah. I'm all in. Special teams? I'll play special teams. Absolutely. I'll be a gunner. Absolutely. So you like to see that type of excitement. And, you know, if we said they need to change the U's at Notre Dame. Brian Brian Mason has changed one of those U's. Right? What well, you want to call it, special teams you punt, block U, whatever you want to call it, that's what Notre Dame has become right before our very eyes and we keep saying they can't do it. Not next week. They can't get another one next week, can they? No. <laughs> huh? Here we go, I, trying for eight
1: again. <laughs> if I would have bet on the Navy game, Sean, I would say $100. There's no way they're going to get a block punt this week. Like, no Absolutely. way, man. Right. It's not going to happen again. Like, right. It's not going to happen again because you know right. it's coming, but it still keeps happening, man. Exactly. So, Brian Mason special. There's some special players coming to Notre Dame it's it's wild man. Yeah. Let's go to another guy we just talked about Sean who had another nice performance this past week. Westlake defeated Cedar Ridge 58 to 10. Mm-hmm. so wasn't a gaudy stat number for Jane Greathouse in this game Sean. He had four receptions that went for a total of 52 yards in this game, but there was a insane one-handed grab that he had snatched over a dude came down, went through contact. And like I said before, he also took his fourth punt back to the house. And on the piece I wrote, I have both the punt return on there. I have the, also the great catch. And I think again, some people, I think underrates great house a lot on the national recruiting scene because he's not the fast guy. Right. But I'm just like, but guys just makes plays, man. Like that's just all it is. Like he's physical. He's, Aggressive, he is competitive, and he's a good overall athlete. So I don't care if he if he only runs in the four fives or four six or whatever the heck he runs, because my guy is just a football player. They won, Sean, that moved them to fifty one consecutive victories for Westlake, which is another conversation because not only is Jaden that good, he's also that good playing against the best competition in high school football, six A in the state of Texas, man. So always going to give a shout-out to my guy, Jaden. Fantastic player. So let's talk about him, Sean. Give me your opinions of him. we talked about it a ton. And let's talk about how he could fit into this team next year because he's going to be an early enrollee for 2023, obviously.
2: I'll say this. I'm going to go a little bit off the board when it comes to Jaden Greathouse. I'm not about to talk about how fantastic of a route runner he is. I'm not about to talk about how his hands are fantastic and he catches the ball with his hands. I'm not going to talk about how good he is with the ball after the catch. I'm not going to talk about how good he is at 50-50 contested balls. I'm not going to talk about how physical he is on the inside. I'm not going to talk about how he still is able to get separation despite not having 4-4 speed. What I'm going to talk about is his attitude, the dog that he is, compare the competitive spirit he's going to bring to Notre Dame and bring to that wide receiver room. Coming from a winning tradition is invaluable. We can talk about all of the physical traits, but the most special thing that I think he's bringing to Notre Dame with him when he enrolls is that competitive spirit, that dog, and no excuses mentality. He's coming in as a winner. You don't have to talk to him about competing and winning. That's who he is, and he's infectious, and he's going to infect the other wide receivers in that room and raise their level of competitive fire. And when you get a guy like that, that's invaluable to a program because special guys like that only come along once every two or three years through your program. We possibly see it on the defensive side of the ball with a kid like Drake Bowen, how competitive he is, being on visits and working out on visits. Who does that? Who's on a visit to Notre Dame and chooses to work out at the Google or at the facility before he goes back home? Kids that are bought in, kids that believe in the vision, and kids that want to win really, really bad. That's what you're getting. We, you, you can talk about everything else. I went through what I wasn't going to talk about and pointed out pretty much everything that he's great at from a physical standpoint. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I love the most is the extra that he's bringing. Yes. The things that you can't physically and tangibly see. That's what's going to be most effective to me within that program. Because we're talking about inconsistency right now. That's what we've been watching. A player like him is going to demand that that stops. Mm-hmm. That's from his work ethic, his competitive spirit, and how he raises the level of everyone else around him. That's mm-hmm. one of his greatest attributes, in my opinion, because he, you saw it with him being frustrated yes. with his boy being at Clemson. Right? Mm-hmm. He he built pretty much his career in high school rocking with his boy who's now at a D1 school, and he had to get used to this new start, and it didn't go well. You didn't hear him complaining. No, just went out, just dominated. If it was three catches, he dominated. If it was two that catches, is- he dominated, and eventually they hit their stride. We mm-hmm. start to see the production, and, and, and like,
1: was- and like you would expect, Sean playing with Cade Klubnick, you're going to be more productive than not playing with Cade Klubnick, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's that's obvious. But to your yeah. points, and it's a great point. For the For the opportunities he gets, he dominates. He's showing right now that it wasn't about Kate Klubnik. It no. was about Kate Klubnik being great, but also Jane Greyhouse is also great. Like, that's yeah. just point blank, man. I think he's so underrated because one thing you said that I agree 100% is that right now, some things that this team is missing, in my opinion, is that they have, I mean, they have hard workers, they have dogs on this team. I'm not saying they don't, right? But when a play needs to be made, when there's a guy that needs to step up and be like, fellas, I don't care what happened to play before, 10 plays before, beginning of the game, middle of the game. I don't care up until this point what happens because I'm going to make a play right now. I'm going to do it. I, I'm the guy. Like you need a big play. You need a third and six. Hit me on an eight, eight yard in cut. Like hit me. I'm going to make the play. Throw me the ball up in the red zone when the game is on the line. This is what I do. Would you need me to flip field position? If you need to put me back at punt returner, put me back there. That's what I need to do. There is an attitude and a competitiveness to how Jaden Greathouse plays the game, which is so, so refreshing. So, sure. I think you, said it perfectly, man. He's a ringleader. He's a competitor. He's a guy that's going to push the envelope and demand greatness. Right? In order for a, or in order for an organization. Right, a team, a program, in order for the, for there to be greatness, someone needs to demand it, right? We know that Marcus Freeman's going to demand it. I think he is. I think he's going to demand that greatness. But also, that has to be a self-evaluation of yourself as a player to be like, I'm demanding it too, man. Yeah. Throw me the rock. Throw it to me. I'm going to do this right now, right? So, I, yeah, Jane Greathouse. We're going to talk about him all the time, Sean. People are going to say – you know, Tobias can't really get on the field that much. Why is Jaden going to be any different? Because I just think that, one, he's an early enrollee, which is going to help. Two, there's going to be needs at the wide receiver group, and Jaden's just that competitive kid where I think that I am going to be able to count on him early on. So, yeah,
2: going to be fun. Going to be fun. Look, like I said, you. It's we're about to witness – Some different things. You probably listened to us on Saturday, but you spoke about it. Brian spoke about it. The guys from the class of 22 just move different than what we've seen. Yep. Like we've seen a Jalen Smith come through, but it was always one. We've never seen it in multiples in class, classes, right? It's been a Mm -hmm. while. Mm -hmm. 22, you have multiple guys that just move different. It's a different level of athlete, 23, They just move different. We're talking about maybe seven, eight guys in one class that just they just move different. They're a different beast. And now you start stack, just start looking at what we have at the beginning of the 24 class, right? Mm-hmm. Cam Williams is different. He's just like his junior film, is like okay, he's different. <laughs> CJ Carr. He's different, right? Brandon Davis Swain. He's he's different. And that's that's all you can say, man. We have heard for the longest time, and it's really irritated most of us, and I'm sure it's irritated some of the fan base. Notre Dame just doesn't have the talent.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: On top of that, Notre Dame just can't get the talent. Mm-hmm. Because of Notre Dame, their admissions and all of this. The 23 class spits right in the face of that. Spits right in the face of that. And the 24 class is doubling down on that. So I can tell you one thing that's changed for sure at Notre Dame. That's the level of recruiting.
1: Yes. Level Level of athleticism for these recruits for sure, Sean. And again, the one thing, though, is there was some competitive, competitive dudes in this year's class. Like yes. we mentioned Drake Bowen. I just mentioned Jane Greathouse. Don Schuler is the same way, man. Like he's going to demand, demand greatness out of people around him and of Absolutely. himself. So it's exciting, man. It really is. People are saying in the chat, Sean, this chat's wild, man. They said, they said that I'm like, look giddy or something like that. Am I glowing or something? Like, I don't I don't know what's happening to, to You're me. normal.
2: Now. Are you kidding me? I, I he's his normal, a, giddy, sarcastic self. Like, this is Ryan I, Roberts.
1: Yeah, I think for people that have hung out with me, and, you know, me and Sean got a chance to hang out a little bit when we were yeah. in town at the same time, like, I'm just like a, a pleasant dude, I think, right? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm just...
2: I think they're trying to gold us into, like, <laughs> like, we know what you're trying to do. Yeah, just like that.
1: Oh, man. I... My, my guy, Dan Mulligan, I gotta pull this up, Sean. Yes. <laughs> <guy. laughs> No, Dan, I am not pregnant. I, I I don't think that that's how that works. I, I learned in um class at one point that that's not how that works, but I appreciate you, sir. It's funny. It's really funny. All right, so Sean, next guy. We spent a lot of time in the first two. Want to move over because we always try to give the big guys some love on this channel. Sullivan Absher, who's on that thread at com. by the way, some of his senior film. Sean, he has been just a menace this year, man. Just an absolute menace, right? So he plays for South Point High School in North Carolina. They played Dudley, which is a good program in the state of North Carolina. They defeated them, Sean. You ready for the score? 74 to 41. They dropped 74 in a playoff game, man. Team ran, because they run a triple option. They ran 351 yards and six touchdowns. Seven and a half yards of carry. On only 47 carries, Sean. Seven and a half yards a pop in a playoff game and six tutties. I feel like we don't talk enough about Sullivan Absher, man, but I've watched the senior film. He's gotten bigger. One, he's got to be over 300 pounds now. Yeah. has to be. And he is just a physical, physical dude, man. Absolutely dominates people in the run game. I'm excited for Sullivan Absher to get on because he's another guy that brings a lot of attitude to the field.
2: Yes, he does. Like, he's almost a different person off the field than he is when he's on the field. But this is my my question. I'm interested. Like, when you talk about offensive linemen today and being ready to compete, how does this offensive line group, starting with Southern and Absher, where do you think they sit physically as far as being able to get on campus and compete? It's a good question.
1: It's a good question. sean it's, it's a great point. It's something that I wanted to talk about a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Charles Jagasaw, who we're not talking about today during this recap because he's not playing in the playoffs right now because of his right. team, right? So he's changed my opinion a lot on the offensive line recruiting because I remember when Elijah Page decommitted, I'm like, Notre Dame needs to find a true left tackle like they yeah. do. And then they start recruiting Christopher Tarek, who's committed to the University of Wisconsin. He's more of an interior lineman, right? Like he's going to play right. guard the next level. Be a good one, I think, too, wherever right. he ends up. But I'm like, where's the left tackle? Where's the left tackle? And then I watch Charles Jagosso's senior film. I'm like, oh, there's <laughs> the left tackle. Because I thought he was a right tackle and maybe yeah. best inside a guard. He looks so more controlled this year, man. So much more. And he's already he's always had that physical profile, right? right. So. I mean, he's going to be physically ready. He's going to be 6'6", 300 pounds, and athletic. So, like, those guys always have a shot, even though offensive linemen are usually more weight and developed type of thing. But there's going to be a couple of guard spots open next year, right? So, why can't a Charles Jagasaw come in and compete early on? So, he's one, I think. I believe you agree. I don't know yeah. if you agree or not. But
2: – yeah.
1: So, he's, he's physically ready. Mm-hmm. Also – Sullivan Absher's a player that yeah. physically yeah. is going to be ready. Like He can yeah. compete, man. He can. I mean, he's 6'6", 6'7", 300 pounds right around there. He is a physically impressive, impressive football player. Yeah. Now, his biggest adjustment is going to be he plays in a triple, op- uh, triple option, right? So, like, pass blocking is not a thing for him right now. Like, yeah. pass blocking is just play action for him, right? Like, there's no true – 45 degree sets. There's no true vertical sets. Like, he doesn't know how to pass protect right now. But physically, he can come in and he can play, like, for yeah. sure, in my opinion. I mean, I think that he's going to be able to get in the weight room, develop that way. But I think he could play. I think he could play early on. It's just his his develops more from like they just don't ask him to do those things in yeah. high school right now. Like, you know what I mean? So that's, that's yeah. That the,
2: when the class had Elijah Page, the one thing we love was the fact oh, man, we literally have a starting unit. We have our two tackles, we have our two guards, and we have a guy that can play center. And that's what we're excited about. And then the defection of Elijah Page, you're like, okay, now. You know, okay, they want Christopher Terry. He's more of an interior guy. Now you watch the film, like you said, of Jaggasaw, okay, we have a left tackle. But yeah. even more than that, I think you have guys in this class along the offensive line that can play multiple positions which is more, even more valuable when you think about a guy like Emil Wagner who's going to be in competition at left tackle. Some other guys that are in the class, Billy Shrouth, who's going to be involved on the inside. You're still going to have Zeke Carell there on the inside. Jared Patterson's gone. Josh Love is gone. But you're going to have a lot of different guys, and Harry's going to have his moment to build his own Frankenstein of the offensive line per se, like just to mix and match and to see which works better and getting guys involved and cross-training in multiple positions. And ultimately, you know, what he comes up with going into the spring, I would be very interested, including the early enrollees. That's the one thing. I'm sorry. Because CJ won't be getting there. He won't be enrolling early because he'll be going into wrestling season. Gotcha. He has to defend his wrestling championship. So CJ won't be coming until the summer.
1: That's Charles Jaggison, just so people yeah, don't confuse Charles him Jack- with CJ Carr. So,
2: yep. Um, so, but even with that, that, that's why I asked the point. Physically, this is an impressive offensive line group because physically they can come in and compete, yep. right? And learn technique and get better. That's Terry's going to lay his hands on them. Not in yep. a spiritual sense. I'm sorry for people out there, but he's, he's going he's gonna to get his hands on them and start to mold them. But just the fact that physically you have a group that's physical and the tackles are athletic and versatile. Mm-hmm. Look, Harry is going to love getting all of these guys into their room. He's, he's going to love it. And for me, I think a guy like Ty Chan now, you bump him inside.
1: He's, he's a massive he's he's kid, Sean. I saw we saw him at the spring practice where I was just yeah. like, "Who's that dude, man?" Like I he's a, he's a big kid. I'm like, Eesh. "I didn't know who he was at that point because I just had the number on." Yeah, and I'm like, I looked up the roster. I'm like, "Oh, that's Tai Chan." I'm like he's a, yeah. he's a big, big kid. Yeah. So, I, I mean, for you, Sean, like I'll say this too, right? He's not a, like physically Charles Jagaslaw. I think could compete early like he can mm-hmm. will he be able to you know getting a starting spot and do who knows who knows but physically he could play yeah. Sullivan Aster could play physically you know yeah. who else could definitely play physically is Sam Pendleton he might not have That's the good. highest ceiling <clears throat> excuse me of the class uh-huh. but physically I mean, that dude is put together he is strong as an ox he can handle playing football right now on the college yeah. level like he's that dude Joe Otting's the only one right now he needs development. Like he's 270 pounds, you know, like he's he needs the Ashton Craig treatment where you've red shirts, put on weights, do all that type of stuff. And that's no shame. I mean, most offensive linemen don't play as freshmen because that is it. It's not an easy transition. It's not. So that's the only guy. But I I do think that's going to be interesting watching the guard conversation next year. Yeah. We'll talk obviously more about this in the offseason a ton. But you're losing Jared Patterson. You're losing Josh Lugg. You have guys on the roster right now that you like, like Billy Shroud, for instance. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see Rocco Spindler and, and those types of guys. We'll see how it kind of fills out. But, again, I mean, a Charles Jagasaw, you know, it's a little different since he's not going to be here in the spring. But, like, if he's good enough to play early on, there might be a spot. Like, we'll see what happens. So going to be interesting, man. But I just wanted to throw a shout-out to Sullivan Absher for his team's accomplishment this week and talk a little bit about his senior film. Because he really has looked fantastic. Gotten a lot bigger, filled out. Another guy, Sean, that has filled out a ton. So this is a little bit of a weird one. Mm-hmm. So in this piece, this is about, you know, playoff play, playoff teams. Yeah. So Owen Wafel, who's at the Hunt School here in Jersey, about 30 minutes from me, goes to Princeton, out of Princeton, New Jersey, the Hunt School. They played Wyoming Seminary Prep. This past week, and they won 54 to 20, Sean. So I did not know this, but I actually have a buddy that coaches there. They are like a weird private school, so Like they don't have playoffs or anything. They just play like a regular season slate. So their season's over, right? And I wanted to talk about this one because not only did Owen Waifel have a great game in this game, 54 to 20. He had eight more tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks. On the season, Sean put together this in nine games. Nine games, sixty-four tackles, playing D tackle, by the way, sixty-four tackles, twenty-four tackles for loss, ten sacks, seven quarterback hurries, and three forced fumbles. Playing mm. three tech, folks. Playing uh-huh. three tech, yeah. And he's a kid, Sean. For me. When he commits to Notre Dame, he, he's about 6'2". He's listed at 6'3", but like he's about 6'2". And he was probably like 255, 260 last season. Now he is like a legit 270. And if you see him, he is physically put together. Yeah. So playmaking knows at the next level? Could be. I just wanted to shout this one out, though, and start this conversation because his film has been fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. I now see why Notre Dame wanted him earlier than maybe we would have taken him at first. And he put together a dynamic junior campaign for Hunt School.
2: Look, when he first got the offer, I think we did a show together. We were like, yo, I think this kid is going to show something in his junior year. We said it. And then he went out there and he put the film out there. And I remember you talking to me offline like, yo, we're talking about everybody else, but we need to be talking about this kid. Now I'm interested, does he turn into like Riley Mills, where he's able to play multiple positions, or does he go inside and become a playmaking three, you know, on the interior? That I'll be interested to see once Matt Bayless gets him into the program to see what they forecast him as an athlete. But look, we've heard it's the same thing. I think talking to Brian offline, most people just overlooked a kid like Donovan Heinish. but everything we hear about him, about what he's doing in practice, like, yo, this kid, he's going to make plays, look out for him. And I think that's going to be on Wafles, you know, track. Yeah. Like he's going to be overlooked. And then once they get into school, you're going to realize, oh, yeah, this dude, yeah, he can play. Like yep. This dude's a stud. I saw somebody in the chat say, "Yeah, that dude is a unit." You're right. Yeah. He's yeah. physically man. He might be. Is he the equal physically to like Brennan Vernon?
1: Well, I mean, Brennan's a lot longer, and it's a different body What's type. That? So it's yeah, tough, yeah. you know, who so he reminds like, me physically. of Sean. Physically, I think that what Owen Wafel is ultimately going to be. Is a more athletic version of Kurt Heinisch. That's what I see, right? Like mm. a more penetration style nose Kurt Heinisch. And if you remember Kurt, like Kurt was put together, man. Like he had a barrel chest, you know what I mean? Like he was, yeah. he was, he was pumping up the iron a little bit on the bench press, man. Like that's what I see though. Is I yeah. see, I see Kurt Heinisch with more athletic
2: upside, you know, and Waifel. That's what I see. Which we remember being there at the pro day, and Kurt was probably one of the most impressive presses. Impressive performances to us because we were like, okay, he ran faster than we thought. He definitely threw the 225 up.
1: He, Sean, he ran sorry to cut you off, but he ran sub five seconds in the 40 at 300 plus pounds, man. He was
2: moving, he was was moving. moving. And I remember we both looked at each other like, okay, and then you see what he's doing with the Texans, and it's like, okay, like, yeah, we see, but he was invaluable. All wait guys like that. Just put a C on their chest in the future. (laughs) You can just see it. Like, just put a C on their chest in the future, man. Motor, nonstop, makes plays, able to get in the cracks, very smart, leverage. Like you said, three technique might be up, get up field. Three technique might be his thing once he gets to Notre Dame. I was just wondering, because, you know, when I think about guys that are well put together, I think about Brennan Vernon in this class, you know, and he, in my opinion, is right along there. But like I said, Brendan Burns is a little bit longer, probably a different body type, a lot wider in a sense. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. W-
1: wider, wider shoulders. Yeah, like that's Brendan, right? Like Brendan's a defensive end. Like that's what yeah. he—that's what his body type is right now. So
2: another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com
0: slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: This is the
1: story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming and his facility shines. with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24/7 customer support, his venue never
2: misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done
1: Owen Waful, much better player than I originally anticipated really had a nice junior year. I'm excited to see what he brings. Because he's a younger kid for his age, for his grade, yeah. So, could he take another big jump as a se- as a senior? Does he maybe grow an inch or two, get a little bit longer? Like I think all those things are on the table. So, it's a uh, it's really it's really interesting to see. So, last guy I wanted to talk about, Sean, because again we're expecting breaking news here anytime soon here. But on my last player that I want to talk about, Sean, who we talk about every single week and in a very good way, is Drake Bowen linebacker out of andrean they defeated lafayette central catholic 30 to 12 this past weekend sean and man it's hard to imagine drake bowen having a better playoff run than what he's (laughs) having right now man because hey he could sit on his defensive stats and you'd be like drake bald right i mean he had 10 tackles in this football game had a tackle for loss he had two interceptions including one of the best interceptions that you'll see all season, man. Just a crazy snag. I saw all the other Notre Dame recruits like Cam Williams talking it up. I mean, it was an incredible, incredible interception. Yeah. So you're like ten tackles, two interceptions, like baller, man. In a win, awesome. Yeah. What what you don't know is that well, everybody in the chat does because they follow along with us. But what most people don't know is that Drake Bowens also a dynamic running back at his level, man. Two hundred and twenty seven yards and two touchdowns on only 25 carries, Sean. About nine yards a pop on the night for Drake Bowen. I believe that now is his third straight game of over 200-plus rushing yards. Like He's been on a tear in these playoffs, at least been the last two games. On the season, Drake has 125 tackles, 13 tackles for loss. He's got those two interceptions. He's got three sacks, four pass breakups, and three forced fumbles. Oh, not to mention – over 1,300 yards, 1,331 yards, 21 touchdowns, also averages 7.3 yards per carry, also has nine catches for over 216 yards, over 20 yards a catch, and three more scores. My guy, Sean, we talked about the competitor that he is, right? right? The recruiter that he is. Mm -hmm. And I think people lose lose sight of the fact that – Drake Bowen's a great football player. Like This is a top 50 level player nationally, in my opinion, yeah. and a couple of recruiting services opinions, right? Like, Drake Bowen's a dynamic player. We'll talk about guys that might have a C on their chest eventually. That might be Drake. Like, he's that type
2: of dude. Oh, absolutely. And this is something people, because he is so – he's such a quiet kid, but if you catch him around the recruits, his personality comes out. And you see why. He is, like, comfortable leading the way as one of the lead recruiters. Like, once he gets around his guys, you see a totally different side of him. And, you know, I'm blessed to just be able to, you know, have a relationship with him that, you know, we spent the summer talking back and forth when he was traveling, playing baseball, and just talking about approach. And he was struggling, and we were talking about, when he was struggling to hit the curveball, what to do adjustments? What I did, and in talking about that, I came to realize just how great he's funny, bro. Like he'll crack a joke on you in a second, right? So they post a clip from Saturday, and Cam Williams retweets it. It's like no Christian Gray retweets it and it says, "Oh, this is this is what we're doing—the one-handed interception he had." And so I retweet and respond to Christian and say, you know, he just act just out there acting like he don't have no home training. Like he doesn't know how to act in visitors on the visitors football field. And everybody got a kick out of it. And so Sunday I'm talking to him and I said, you know, next year you're going to have a new position. And he was like, what? I was like, you're going to be the scout team fullback for Navy. And he busts up laughing, right? So it was it's just funny stuff. Like, he has a great sense of humor, which kind of, like, goes unknown. A lot of people don't know. But once you get him to feel comfortable, and you you definitely see it, if you go to any home game and you watch the recruits as they're around each other, there's always one person at the front of the picture. Yep. Always. And it's Drake Bowen. Every single time you see the picture, Drake's right there. And everybody's just amassed around him. And he's just that kid. He's a great all-around kid. And like you said, I got to watch his athleticism when it was being doubted. And when he was dropping in the rankings. I went, to, I go and watch this kid on the baseball field. This mm-hmm. kid walks, steals second, steals third. And I'm sitting up here like you're doubting his, they're doubting his speed. <laughs> he's playing third base. It's a lazy narrative, man. Catching it's such a ball. lazy narrative. Air hand running towards the plate, throwing across his body, nailing the guy first. And I'm like, he's stiff. I'm like, really? And I'm getting to watch it in a totally different form. So I don't buy into it. And now, you know, they had national people at his game on Friday. Why? Because they have to correct things. And mm-hmm. they have to get it right. Because they know. Like, they had no reason to drop him at all. Yeah. yeah. But now they're trying to correct things. It's just crazy, man. He's a great leader. He's going to win another. I predict he's going to win another state championship because they're going to dominate everybody. And that just goes to the fact that they were willing to step out early as a program and play teams in 5A. Um, They played Merrillville, one of the top teams in the state. And then they came here and played Crete, one of the top teams in Illinois that made it to the semifinals in the state playoffs. And so they're battle tested. He's battle tested. He's played well every game against the best yeah. competition. So yeah. whether it's running back, linebacker, he is an all-world athlete, and he's even more special as a young man, as a person. So that's what Notre Dame is getting. Yeah. It's fantastic.
1: And, man, could you – Sean, it's, I never even thought about that man, but he would be – could you imagine Navy with him as as their dive yeah. back? Uh, <laughs> as their dive back? I'd be fair, of,
0: course you,
2: of course, you know what he said. He was like, I'll do it. And I'm like, oh, I, know I, you, I know. I know you. he would. I, I know he would. I don't think we really want you to do
1: it, but you know, yeah. you, you know who's who uh who's gonna be his best friend is Brian Mason. You imagine all the things that he's gonna ask Drake Bowen to do on special teams, man. Like he's gonna be like kick return, kick coverage, punt return, punts, everything. Like that's gonna, gonna be Drake Bowen, man. Who's
2: gonna love him more, Mace or Bayless? Man,
1: that's a good question.
2: Because I mean, he's a work, he's a workout warrior now.
1: Yeah, and the crazy part about it is that Drake's two hundred twenty-six pounds, but he could still get even bigger. Man, like he could be two forty. Yeah. Easy, yeah. Like, he's gonna be. Man, yep, yeah, it's gonna
2: yeah. be. A, so for you, would you would you bring him off the corner? Because they they blitz him off the corner a lot. And Drake? Yeah. Would you keep him inside?
1: So it's funny, when I had my conversation with him, he even talked a little bit about that, Sean. He said that Notre Dame has kind of said, like, hey, you're probably going to start at will early on, but you could play Rover, you could play Mike, you could even play Viper. So. I mean, I think the answer to for me is that I, I would use him everywhere. Like Drake Bow would be like my chess piece on defense on the second level. Like he's blitzing off, he's blitzing off the edge. He's blitzing A and B gap. He's playing in coverage. He's doing everything. Like I, yeah. I just think that long term, because the thing about him is that he's such a smart kid too, right? Like there's, he, there's some kids where you're just like, I want to keep everything super simple with that kid. I don't want to ask him to do too much because it's just yeah. an overload. I don't think you can overload Drake Bowen. Like, I think that he's a kid that would just get it eventually, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. man, it's going to be it's gonna be wild, man. It's going to be wild. Because we just talked about the offense a little bit ago, right? Oh, the speed that's coming to the offensive side of the football. Yeah. Notre Dame's getting a lot of athleticism in certain spots of this defense as well. And I know we talked about Ben Minich earlier, Sean. Like, I didn't highlight him in the piece this week. But I don't know if you agree with this. I would love your take because I know we talked about him a little bit earlier about the speed aspect of him. But I'll be very honest, be very frank with people, right? When Ben Minich committed to Notre Dame, I was kind of like, okay, all right. Like depth piece, special teamer, cool. He looks like a completely different player this year, man. I was just talking to Brian on the phone before we got on. And I think there's a legitimate conversation. Malik Hartford is the other safety on the next side of him. I think there's a legit conversation of, like, who's the more dynamic football player, Ben Minich or Malik Hartford? Malik Hartford's definitely bigger, definitely more physical, downhill, dude. But when you talk about how Minich could affect the football game, I mean, he could play single high. He could play in the slot a little bit. He's definitely going to play special teams. Like, who's a more valuable football player to a team? I think that's a conversation that we can have.
2: Yeah, Ben Minich is like the B-side to that that single that's played on the radio. You know, you play the single on the radio and everybody knows it because they hear it. But if you just happen to go buy the album and listen to the B-side, you end up playing the B-side more than you play the single. That's been managed. Like the more you watch his film, you're like, you know what? I think I like, like this kid more than Hartford. Or I might like this kid more. I'm not saying that I wouldn't take Hartford. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying you start to build up an appreciation for the kid because you see he's a little bit more than what you thought. Like, yeah. I don't because most people might use stuff like filler, throw in to the class just to add numbers and depth. That's not who he is. That's not who he is. He's much better than that. And I think yeah. we were talking, and I was like, I can see him coming in And possibly from a special teams, and then later on have a similar impact. I'm not he's not the same size, weight, or anything like that. Right. But a Drew Tranquil type impact, late addition to the class, you know, committed elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Not like Ben Minich was, but just you know, when you got him, you knew he was solid. But you didn't know he would come in and do what he did early on. And I think Ben Menich is going to come in. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, you, you talk about Mason loving Drake Bowen. I think he's going to love Ben Minich too.
1: Brian Brian Mason's going to have a lot of friends in this freshman class. It's what to we to... said
2: earlier, right? Like if he's doing what he's doing with the talent he has now, which is good talent, we're not saying he doesn't have talent. Wait until he adds on to that with the 23 class. Yo. Because at that point, like we said, all of the excuses that have been put out there, Notre Dame can't recruit elite talent. They can't get elite athletes to come to Notre Dame. That's over. That's over with this 23 class. And they're doubling, doubling down on that with the 24 class. So, look. I love this kid. I think I don't know if it was a conversation with Brian or you, but we were talking about, yo, I know he plays next to Malik Hartford, but was he overlooked for a long time because he played next to Malik Hartford? Like, because Hartford was deemed as being so good, five star Alpha.
1: Alpha, yeah.
2: yeah. Right, right. You know, the people just assume that, oh, he, you know, like I, I th- pro- he probably looks good because he's playing next to him. Sure, sure. discrediting him for just not – he's a good – he's a really good player.
1: I, I think there's validity to that, Sean. I mean, you know, getting underrated because you're next to a guy that is 6'2", 200, like, dude, right? Like Willie yeah. Carford's yeah. a dude. He's going to Ohio yeah. State for a reason. Yeah. hes a, He's a guy. He's a dude. But I think that there is some underratedness that does happen when you're sitting next to a guy like that. Because the one thing about Ben is that Ben is – know, 5'11", 185 pounds, not like, I mean, he's talented, but he's not, I mean, he's not Malik Hartford talented physically, right? Like he's not that guy. But I also think the other thing is, is off the junior film, I didn't quite see the speed that he's rumored to have, right? Like that track Mm -hmm. speed, senior film is different. Like I see the speed now. I'm like, oh, okay, he can move. He can move like he was rumored to move. Like he can move in that, in that degree. So yeah, he, him, Braylon James- Don Schuller, Drake Bowen. They're gonna be Micah Bell, yeah. Peyton Bowen. Those are gonna be some of Brian Mason's best friends. Yeah. Preston Zinter. Like you can just keep going and going and going. The coverage unit's gonna be a little different over the next couple of years for Notre Dame. There's yeah. a lot of speed coming to that area, which is and it's
2: slow. not just that Minaj's speed shows up on film this senior season. It shows up against really good competition. You know what I'm saying? They play good competition in the state of Ohio. If I'm not mistaken, they're getting ready to play for either in the semifinals of state coming up. Maybe semifinals was last week. I, I, but they're coming to the end with a chance to, to win another state championship. So yep. he is. he's battle-tested. He's a kid from a winning program. He's a winner. That's the one thing you can say about this class, right? They have winners in this program that can transform your program outside of what they can do physically because they raise the expectation. Uh, we talked about this entire 23rd class. They expect to be the difference in this program. They expect that. Like coming in, they expect we're the class that is going to get things over the top. Now, they have to go out and prove that. But that's their expectation. And a kid like Ben Minich falls right in line with that. He falls right in line with that. You know, we talked about Jaden Greathouse. We can talk about all of his physical attributes and what he does on the field. He's a dog. His mentality is going to raise the level of that entire wide receiver room. It just is. And we said it. Maybe I would love if when Brian – Jumps in. I would love to ask the question, like, when was the last time Notre Dame had a guy? I probably know the answer. When was the last time Notre Dame had a guy on offense that defenses had to point to every snap? And I think that. Will Fuller. That That was the last one.
3: Chase Claypool
2: 2019.
3: Okay. Second half of the year more so. Like, he wasn't like that. But you go look at what Chase did the second half of the year. He was a monster. And being at every game that year, I mean, you you'd see it. Teams are built their entire game plans around him. Mean, you can smirk at it, but I mean, I, I I was at every game, and teams absolutely built their defenses around trying to stop Chase Claypool that year, and they couldn't. Right. I mean, they still couldn't. And, and there you, you know, go. I mean, so so, but but that was for a half a season. I mean, it wasn't the case the first half of the season. That didn't start right. happening until until later in the year. Uh, before that, it was it was Will Fuller, and right. before that, it was Michael Floyd. Well, Tyler Eifert in 2012 in the Michael Floyd, right? Um, but I mean, you go, you look, you go look at, uh, at Chase Claypool. You know, Louisville game he was good. New Mexico game he was good. Georgia, Virginia, Bowling Green, USC, Michigan. But then Virginia Tech he goes for eight for 118, five for ninety seven against Duke seven for 117 for four touchdowns against Navy, seven for 60 against Boston College, and he's part of the reason Braden Lindsay was running a jet sweep for 60 yards because BC was so worried about Chase Claypool, they forgot to have yeah. to defend Braden Lindsay. Goes for three for 63 for two touchdowns against Stanford. Doesn't play the second half because you remember they, they were blowing them out. And then he goes for seven for 146 against Iowa State. So, so that's the – yeah.
2: Even if you don't think one of the freshmen will be that guy – we fully expect Tobias to be that guy. We hope yeah. he's that guy next year. Yeah, The team saying, "Okay,
3: where is he going?" I, think, lined the, up, I think the thing for me, guys, is is what what makes Ohio State hard to defend. What what made Oklahoma when they hard to harder to defend when they were rolling? You know, Ryan, I think what made the Clemson offense so difficult in 2018 is you 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 could try to take a guy out, but fine you know, okay, take T Higgins out. Okay, Justin Ross is going to go for five for a buck, 20 and hundred Renfro is going to catch nine passes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's kind of where really, where you want to be. Cause you know, like the, the, you, to truly have an elite offense, I think you'd need more, more than just one, one great player, you know, right. like as good as Chris Brown and, and uh, Amir Carlisle were as, as complimentary players, if you could take Will Fuller out of the game, that offense wasn't quite the same. And we saw that with Ohio state in the Fiesta bowl, you know, they were able to kind of limit Will Fuller's effectiveness until late in the game when it was like 38-20, right? Right. Something like that, 38-21 or something like that. Um, and the other guys just weren't good enough to take a game over. You want to get to the point where, okay, you want to take Tobias out? Y'all realize you just opened up an opportunity for Jane Greathouse to catch like nine passes. And, and you know, Braylon, Braylon James is going to catch three for 90. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're going to take the top off. And I think that's the thing about this receiver class that is so important is – you know, it's it's you know, Ryan, it's not one great player and a bunch of complimentary guys. It's it's guys, it's multiple guys that bring dynamic ability in different form. Jaden Greathouse, it's as a volume pass catcher. Braylon James is height speed, Dylan Edwards, it's he touches the ball anywhere on the field, and you gotta be like, you know, you hold your breath for a minute. Same thing with Jeremiah Love, you know. Um, I mean, that's that's really where you want to be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, you're right.
2: Jeremiah is probably going to be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know? Heck, it might be six or seven. How many we did we count six or seven, Ryan? It was okay. like six
1: or seven, yeah.
2: Guys in this class that can end up being
3: guys you have to
2: identify when they step on the field. That's an incredible yeah. amount of talent.
3: How, how like often, that. how often do you have a year where a guy like Peyton Bowen is your third fastest guy in a class? we we were we
1: we were even talking about jeremiah love because we were trying to figure out where he would be in this class and i'm like he might be five but he also might be seven (laughs) mm -hmm. but it's just wild man it's wild because you go like Micah bell dylan edwards peyton bowen yeah christian gray
2: yeah
1: and there's like a cluster of braylon james jeremiah love yeah. Maybe Ben Minich, maybe Jane Lamar. Like, there's some guys that are k- kind of eking to that conversation where you're like, "Wow, that's pretty crazy level of speed coming in one class."
3: Yeah. So, guys, I want to update people on kind of what's going on too. We're still waiting on this news to break. We were told it's going to be around two o'clock. I am, I was given the uh, okay to say that we are expecting a quarterback uh, to decommit from a school. And then uh, that quarterback will be setting up a visit, visit to come to Notre Dame this weekend. So uh, we were given that okay to say that. We're just not going to say the name yet until we're given the okay. And even then, we'll probably won't because it's the kid's It's the kids' moment, not ours. I know there's a lot of people out there right now trying to put names out because it's uh, more important for them to somehow gain Twitter likes and clicks than it is to allow a kid to have his moment. But we're not going to do that. Uh, I'm also going to block people that are trying to throw names out there, put what other people say. Let's just let the kid have his moment, but I'll say this guys, you, you all know, I mean, these two guys know what's going on. It's a quarterback that I'm very happy about and very excited about. I am going to say that it's a kid that I've liked for a while. And uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. So we're going to just kind of keep rolling along with our show for now. And when, um, when that, time comes if that if that announcement is in fact made again we're now 24 minutes past the hour and still nothing I just checked in there's been no uh, second thoughts the decision has already been made he has already told the other school he is decommitting and visiting Notre Dame it's just whether or not he's going to announce it publicly or not when he was said he was going to so that's what we're waiting on but as soon as that as soon as that happens fellas we'll we'll let everybody know. But I, I called Sean and told him last night. So I was get so Ryan was about like when Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday. I think is when I first was made aware of this and mm-hmm. and uh, and then eventually let Ryan know and then let let uh, Sean know last night. and uh, because we heard it from our sources around the Notre Dame program. We were informed of it uh, by sources around the program where the young man is currently committed. And then I have a friend who's uh, connected in the area where this kid plays high school football. I'm trying to say all this without giving it away. Uh, who's connected in the area where the kid plays high school football, and he called me last night to confirm it as well. So, I mean, this is that's kind of when we decided, okay, let's put our dancing gifts out because, you know, we try to <clears throat> we try to get as much confirmation as possible, not just uh, not just taking one person. So, <clears throat> so we'll we'll let this young man. Um, we'll let this young man kind of, kind of break it. And, uh, uh, I'm just texting him. Um, all right. Just making sure. So yeah, we're still waiting, but yeah. So we were given the okay to say that, that this is kind of what's going on and give some people an idea of kind of what we're waiting on. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a, to me, it's a heck of a player and I can't wait. And it's an interesting backstory too. So I'm I'm not trying to be a tease, but I just want to let people know we're not, We're not uh dragging this out on purpose. We're just waiting on the young man to um to get his get his stuff out. So and and I'm serious, like just stop guessing or I'm gonna just, you know. Yeah. Somebody said, I'm gonna use my eligibility. I would be about I'd be about good two throws before my shoulder would fall off. And then somebody on the board, guys, this was great. Somebody on the board said uh, joked about me being it's me using my final year of eligibility, and somebody said, "Don't we have enough six foot quarterbacks?" <laughs> <laughs> I was sad and laughed all at the same time. No, <laughs> so, I, I thought it was it.
2: great when someone said, "Breaking news: Driscoll is about to become the
3: offensive analyst." I know, right? Yeah, no, Almost I like so my job. I, I like, I like my job. Somebody asked if this is the only visit the young man plans to take. Yes. Um, let's just say when the decision is made. Um, it was made with the intention that that if that that this that there would be a I say this all the time. Normally, when kids decommit, they have a school in mind. Yes. And our understanding is that's what's happening here. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so that's where that's where we are with that. So, well,
1: well I, um, I think I think a good way to take this conversation then, while we wait for the breaking news, is to conclude the recruiting side of this conversation.